This passage of scripture from the First Testament that we read this morning, this portion of Isaiah is familiar, I think, to most everyone. This vision of a peaceable kingdom where the lamb and lion lie down together. Maybe you've seen the famous painting by Edward Hicks of this very scene as described in Isaiah's words. There's a child and there are animals all around him, lions and lambs, things that would definitely be at odds with one another. They're kind of smiling and they have human-like eyes. And in the background, you see the Quakers and the Native Americans talking together. That painting was painted in around 1833. This idea of the peaceful kingdom captures our attention. Indeed, it is something that we long for. Imagine the lamb and the lion lying down together. I was walking down the sidewalk a week or so after the election, and I saw a little porcelain figure of, in the window of one of the um, jewelry stores here in town. There's the lion lying down on its side, you know, with its paws out in the front, and curled in the middle is a lamb, and they're looking out, of course, at the viewer. And I looked at that little figurine, and I thought, one of those is red and one of those is blue. <laughs> That's how extreme it can feel. Radical, this idea of the peaceable kingdom. That those which were always at odds with one another, who had an established relationship of violence and tumult, could sit down together in peace. It's an, an idea that captures our imagination. And indeed, we long for it. This is the kingdom that God is bringing about, made known to us in Jesus, and the promise of what God will bring about when he comes again. So when John the Baptist is out by the River Jordan, baptizing people, he's speaking that the kingdom is near, this very kingdom. The kingdom that was spoken about hundreds of years ago, because Isaiah was written around 721 before the Common Era. John the Baptist is proclaiming that Christ is coming and is going to bring a new kingdom and that people are to come and to repent, to turn, so that they might follow the kingdom that God wants to establish. So here come some Pharisees and Sadducees. They kind of swagger in, hearing about this baptism, and they would like to be baptized too. I hear John's question to them, who warned you of the wrath to come? I hear his question to them to be really about, who sent you this invitation? Because they showed up not ready. It would be like having someone arrive an hour late to an event and they're not dressed accordingly and they don't, they're not equipped or prepared for the event that happens. And you would say to them, uh, who invited you? Because you obviously did not get the invitation. They come in because they say, oh, yes, we are about the kingdom of God and we want to follow the kingdom of God. In fact, we have Abraham as our father. So they acknowledge with their shoulders back and their chins up that they are entitled to this new kingdom. They've heard about it from the prophet Isaiah, and they're in. John the Baptist reminds them that, no, this is going to be a different way. And God can bring about a kingdom from even stones, so don't think that your bloodline's going to get you in. No one is entitled to the kingdom of God. It is only by God's grace that God will bring it about, and we are asked to turn and respond to what grace invites us to do. 
You might remember, as we read in scripture a few weeks ago, when Jesus is headed to Jerusalem and he says, as he stands beside the temple in Jerusalem, he says to those following him that these stones will be turned, you know, this will all be destroyed and in three days be rebuilt. Remember, he talks about those temple stones coming crashing down. And that's what John the Baptist is telling too. We've just rewound the tape. We're back to the beginning. And John the Baptist is saying, it's when everything falls apart that this new kingdom will come to to fruition. Even now, the axe is lying at the base of the tree. Did you notice that in Isaiah's words? The tree has been cut down. Only a stump is left. It's dead. Israel was an incredible kingdom. From the line of Jesse came David, and he ruled over a very wonderful and fruitful land. But following his reign came his son Solomon, and the country then further divided into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And they became at odds and in war with their neighbors and had different ideas about how to solve that. The thing fell apart. And it's out of that the prophet speaks. Out of this stump, the dead thing, a new sprout will come. I encourage you, after worship today, to make sure you stop by the corner down here near the, um, the cross because you'll see the stump. You'll see a stump, and you'll see the shoot that's coming out of it. Notice how dead the stump is. It's only, I think, when things finally die that we're willing to consider something new. I don't know about you, but I think this is a human characteristic. I don't think I'm the only human that just keeps trying to keep things working for as long as one can, even when it's obvious it's not anymore. Finally, when it dies, I can consider a new way. But John the Baptist is saying, why wait until it's dead? The kingdom has come near. Repent, turn, and follow. I have a colleague in ministry who has decided that his mission now is to teach people forgiveness. He's in his mid-60s, and he is devoting his time to teaching people how to forgive. Forgiveness, he says, is a thing reflecting on the past, looking at the past and letting go of the hurt and pain that came from those experiences. Reconciliation, on the other hand, is about the future. How will we be reconciled to one another? How will we be in right relationship for that, a new reality to come about? There is the question. And he's been thinking on his own, Rob Voyle, has been thinking about how does that happen when you've got a lamb and a lion? He was reflecting that there is no way he will be reconciled to someone who doesn't share the same values as him. So then the question becomes, what are the shared values? What is it that we do share so that we can be reconciled and in right relationship and build the new future that we don't even quite know what it'll be. Rob came up with three things that are key to being reconciling people. Three R's for reconciliation. First is to recognize how we are a part of the challenge and the problem. Second is to regret, to acknowledge the hurts that we have caused by our participation. And the third is to reorient, to turn into a new way. Three R's for reconciliation to come about. The first is to recognize. To recognize that we are a part of this fabric of humanity. We do not stand outside of creation. What we do affects others and what they do affects us. To recognize that is the key point. And that's where we have to start. 
Advent invites us to begin there. It invites us to slow down, to listen, pay attention, notice, be awake, alert, see what it is that you are doing in the midst of all of God's work. The second thing, then, is to regret, to notice the pain that comes about through our actions and to express sorrow about that. Nothing ever goes exactly like we imagine it, and sometimes our best intentions bring about an outcome less than what we had hoped for. So regret is part of that. And as part of those two things, then, we come and turn. We reorient ourselves to what God is doing the kingdom that God is bringing about. This is what we are called to do as a Christian people, and I think we are blessed because we already share values. Even when we differ on some things, there are a lot of things that we agree upon. The values that Christ has made known to us, that God cares for the poor and the needy, the outcasts and the oppressed, and invites us to care alongside of God. This is God's invitation to us. And so we can get along together in these shared values, seeing what God will do with us in our commitment. Some of you might know, if you got your newsletter already in the mail, the message, that we will be doing a year of visioning in 2017 as a church. How is it that we are the church that God longs for us to be in this time and place? We know very well that what used to be cannot be again. We don't know why, but we know that we've tried very hard to make what was be again. So now we're being asked and invited to consider what it is God is inviting us into. How is God building God's kingdom in the world? How is God inviting us to be a part of it? How are we going to be God's hands and feet through St. Stephen's Church into the world beyond Ridgefield? This will be the invitation for 2017, and we will see how it is that we get to be a part of bringing about God's kingdom, not because we know what it looks like and can work our way back with some action steps, but because we share the same ground. We know what it is to follow Christ. We know the values that Christ has set forth, and so now we can come together and say, how do we magnify those? How do we do these in the world now? How do we join in God's love for all people? How do we attend to the needs of the poor and the oppressed and the outcasts? Because that's where God is. How do we want to be a part of that? And I know full well that God will bring us then into the kingdom that God is, is doing. God is building. God is developing. Our question for us is, are we willing to reorient are we, willing, are we willing to consider where it is God's going that will be beyond what we can imagine? Because no one ever imagines a shoot coming out of a stump. But God is doing something new. This Advent allows us the chance to reflect upon that and consider what is it that God is doing in and through us? What does God want to do in and through us? Are we ready? Are we prepared? So that we can say, yes, Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.